Please stand for the reading of God's word. Thus says the Lord, the host, the God of Israel, and to the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply here and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen even to your own dreams that you dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord, for thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's seven years are completed, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. The word of God. Please be seated. There is the saying, I think you might know this, so if you know it, go ahead and finish it with me. If you fail to plan, you plan to? Yeah, you've been there, huh? Uh, plans are something that we all have in common. We, we all make them, right? We all make plans. What, but do we follow them or do we follow through with them? So my question to you this morning is, what kind of a planner are you? Do you know what kind of planner you are? Some of you, Yeah. Um, what kind of a planner are you? I actually typed this into this question into Google this week in an attempt to see if there was like this grading scale for uh, the types of planners, but instead it took me to a quiz uh, that you can take for the kind of planner you can purchase to write down all the plans that you have or you're going to make, right? Which makes sense, right? The planner, you need a planner. If you're a planner, you need a planner to plan your plans. I get it. So I started the quiz, <laughs> full disclosure, I did not finish it. <laughs> so I guess, it, you know, I kind of learned something about myself and my own planning style, <laughs> right? Um, so what kind of a planner are you? And I think it's really fun to learn this about people that you do life with, right? Or people that you're surrounded by. On our pastoral staff, there are some of us whose names may or may not start with a D and end with an Evo. Or another human whose name starts with an R and ends with an A-Win, right? Um, anyway, some of those humans are packaged in a way that they use crazy charts and organizational apps, right? They are daily planners. They have all of their tasks written out, and they cross them off when they're completed. They use color-coding situations, right? And um, it's, it's beautiful, yes, yeah. Devo has been on a campaign for at least as long as I have been here to have us use, I don't even know the name of the thing. What is it called? Todoist, Todoist. Because you have a lot of things to do, so you might as, okay, well. Uh, I never subscribed, but praise the Lord, Devo is strong. So if you need help planning your plans, Devo's your guy, right? It's brilliant, it's not my spiritual gift, uh, not one that I possess. My spiritual gift 
is planning things that I want and my way. Amen? Okay. Just me? Okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> now, that doesn't mean planning it other people's way, which doesn't always bode well. And yet, this is how I'm built. This is how I do life. So many of you ha have already made your plans for the summer. Yes? Raise your hand if you have already made summer plans. It's okay. We're not judging you. We're just trying to get a count. Um, how many of you already know what you're going to be doing for Thanksgiving and Christmas? You already bought your tickets. You booked your hotels. You planned your meals. It's a green bean casserole, tia, right? <laughs> it's cool. Yes, our lives, they revolve around planning. This is true. So how many of you, however, would say when you look at your plans in history that your plans went exactly as you planned them? How many of you would say that 100%, 100 out of 100? No one? Yeah. Well, if you've been alive in the last three years, I would say that 100% of us did not plan to experience a pandemic or um, the last couple years in the way that we've experienced them. We haven't planned that. We didn't know that. But this, was this because we failed to plan? Was this that? Should we have known that a pandemic was brewing? Perhaps our, maybe our science or medical friends, maybe they saw a thing or two coming. I remember having a friend of mine that was like, I knew this thing was going to turn into a thing. And I was like, how'd you know a thing was going to turn into a thing? Huh? Everybody has colds, right? But what about this? Um, can we plan all of the things, the details, the times, the people who are involved, and still things don't go as planned? Yes or yes? Yes. Who is at fault in that situation? Or what about this? What about, what about God's plans? What does God's plans have to do with our plans? What about God's plans? Did God fail to plan and thus a pandemic? Is that how it goes? Or did God plan the pandemic? Oh, your face is how I felt. Your face did, that's my face. It doesn't feel good to say that God planned a very horrible thing and it didn't go well, or maybe that God planned uh, or didn't plan, right? Like it doesn't, either one of those options, they don't feel good. And yet somehow we lived in it. We went through it and it happened. According to our scripture reading this morning in Jeremiah 29, it turns out that God, however, is quite a planner. And God not only plans for God's self and God's future and God's ideas, but God also plans for all of God's creation, all of God's people. These ancient words on plans that were given to Jeremiah that we just read, uh, Jeremiah is to share them with people in Babylon. And, and also these words that God they're also words that God is giving to us in our local community today in 2022 as a lost year university church. These ancient words are given to people who were living in captivity. They were taken from their safe and holy place in Jerusalem and they were held captive in the place of Babylon. Babylon, a corrupt and dangerous city. Beautiful, by the way, in landscape, but terrible to have residency in. Jeremiah is the prophetic messenger who was sent to deliver this message on behalf of God to the people. Jeremiah was bringing a word from God to a people who were likely wondering to themselves, this was not quite the way I planned my life, or this is not quite the thing I had planned for my family's life. And yet, in scripture we read, 
to all exiles whom I, God, have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was not an, an oops kind of detour like when you accidentally miss the wrong exit on the freeway. No, this is a final stop for this community. This is their place of destination. This is where they have to be. Jeremiah chapter 29 is mostly known for verse 11, however. That's our comfort zone. That's where we like to be. We skip to the plan that seems the most comforting to us in this chapter. But really, this entire book is not the most comforting book to most, right? When somebody's seeking for comfort, you're like, read Jeremiah, start in chapter one. <laughs> it's not what you do because it's, it feels very doomsday, right? But we all know this verse. We've, we've actually taught it to our kids uh, Kevin, come on over. He's going to teach us. And I've got some youth here. This is how we do improv. We, do you remember this song, I Know the Plans I Have for You? Do you remember the, the <laughs> no, they said no. We're not ready for improv. But there's this song that we teach because we value this part of the song so much that um, we sing this to our kids. If you know it, if you're a kid here, and this is great because VBS is just around the corner and you're going to sing this song during VBS because this promise is amazing. So how's it go? Go ahead. Which part? The oh, haze? Yeah, the haze, but... The other part. Yeah, the other part. I know the plans I, I have for you, says the Lord. Oh, 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 oh. you go. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Oh, 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 oh. You want to do the rest there? plans for... We need a little more practice before yeah, we, VBS. Yeah, that's good. Okay, we're going to do it. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. But oh, let, me, let me help you with the lyrics because it's not for I know the plans I have for you. There's real words in there. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, plans to give you hope and a future. Hey, we end at exclamation point because it is a beautiful promise to claim, right? Yes, that's the one that we want to live in and to absorb. But that is not quite where the promise actually starts. It is good, it's not the whole story. Because God's plans for these people who are in exile actually starts all the way earlier on in the chapter. Verse five, these are both plans, says God, and they're commands from God. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. That's gonna be a minute, right? Bell peppers don't just wake up one morning, right? Corn doesn't just arrive. She needs time, right? Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they will bear sons and daughters and multiply and do not decrease. God's plan for the people, for them in this space is to unpack their bags. And this is harder said than done, right? Listen, I love packing as much as anyone for a trip. I love it, yeah? I'm gonna wear this, I'm gonna wear that, I can't wait to do this, right? You do all the things. I love packing, but unpacking when I get back, ugh, I don't know why it's such a chore. Is it just me, am I alone? Because usually it's not something I plan on right away. Sometimes when I get home from a trip, my packed bag will sit for weeks 
in the same spot after it landed when I got home. Yes, until finally one day I absolutely need something that is only found in that one packed bag. And then I have to resign to finally just tackle the unpacking. And I gotta do it, right? Or how about unpacking your house when you move? Who's, in, who's, who's a lover except Devo of unpacking your house when you move, right? <laughs> I, not me, I do not love it. I would rather buy disposable plates and blow my budget than finding the box where my real plates are and all of my utensils, right? However, sometimes unpacking can be more than just a task that we want to avoid. Sometimes unpacking can be emotional and even traumatic. How about unpacking and what it looks like for children in foster care, for example? That can be terrifying. They've just been separated from their homes, no matter what kind of circumstances or under whatever kinds of circumstances, but are we to expect them to feel at home now in a stranger's house? Or maybe sometimes they have moved so many times that they rather just stay packed in anticipation for the next time they're gonna have to move anyway. Why unpack? Or what about our friends without homes? While working at a cold weather shelter earlier this year, I met a young girl who was about 15. She was a runaway from home and she was experiencing homelessness. And she had made it to the shelter where I worked, but she had to wait a few nights before we actually had an open bed for her, so she slept outside. And at this shelter, finally, when she, we had a bed available for her, it really wasn't really a bed, it was a cot. Have you, you know what a cot is, right? Just a space for her to lay down. And several times a day, she would take her belongings, she was only allowed one bag of belongings, and she was asked to store all of her belongings underneath her cot, right? So several times a day, she would hunker over and pull out her things, everything that she needed, and then she would carefully put everything exactly back that she needed and tuck it right back into her bag and then tuck her bag right back underneath her cot. She had been on the streets for a while now and had learned that she needed to be ready to move at any given moment. She had no plans to unpack. She only stayed at the shelter for a few weeks, and then she moved on. God asks the people in exile in Babylon to unpack their bags, even under their circumstances. They are to unpack their bags and also their children's bags, their family's bags. They were to unpack their bags and start their life there or to build their houses and to plan to live in those houses for a while. They were to bear more children, to grow a generation, right, to multiply more and more children. In fact, God commands them, multiply and do not decrease, God says. Don't, don't go opposite, don't hold back, lean in. But I can't imagine trying to plan a life for myself, for children, for my family, as a captive person, and yet, if the people trusted God and God's plan for them, they would not hesitate to. And yet, we all hesitate, don't we? That's a thing that we do. Could there be some things in your life, my friends, this morning that you have left to unpack? Why haven't you unpacked those things yet? And I'm not talking about your stuff. But I think that it makes sense 
As Adventists, I think that there um, is this narrative that Adventism provides that sometimes keeps us from fully unpacking it all here on earth. Growing up, I used to hear this phrase, this is not our home. This is not your home, Bev. And as a kid, I remember going, well, where are we going? If not here, then where? But over and over, as, as a part of the blessing of God, as a part of our Christian belief, we would say to each other, this is not our home. And I can imagine with the kind of chaos that our world is going through all of the time at any given moment, this place where God asks us to pack might not seem like the most ideal place. With wars and famine happening in other countries, to young people taking lives of other young people right in our own country, in our own backyard, right here. I can see how we would want to avoid fully unpacking in this place we call earth, right? And yet, that commandment that Jeremiah gives to the people in exile in this place like Babylon is a command that you and I share today. We are not exempt from unpacking. 11 years ago when you invited me to come and unpack here with you, you invited me to come to be a part of your community with you, to, to be your kids' pastors. You trusted me with your young humans and to allow me to form their minds. And I was young, and I was very new to ministry. And yet, you embraced me. You kept letting me come back. But it was this community that has been through so many different things, so many different plans that allowed for me to grow and to be something more than what I was 11 years ago. Right here in this place, we have seen so many plans and they haven't always gone according to what we wanted them to be, right? But here in this place, even just last week, child dedications, we celebrated new life right here on these steps. And then also a few weeks ago, funeral services, celebrating lives that used to be and now lay to rest in Jesus. And again, VBS week that wakes up this sanctuary in a new way is coming. This place will be full of children singing and dancing their little hearts out in the name of God. We have come over and over to hear these ancient stories right here in this place. We open scripture every Sabbath and we pray together and we seek for the wisdom and insight of the Holy One. And we have also sat here and lamented over times where we were reminded that this world was difficult and it was not the most ideal place to live in and that we don't have it all together. And God asks the people to stay in Babylon and God asks us to stay at La Sierra, to unpack our bags because Babylon needs to be reminded that God is still God and that there is still good waiting to be lived out in the place of Babylon. And La Sierra needs to be reminded that there is still good to be lived out in this place here. Verse seven, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray on behalf of the Lord for the city. For in its welfare, in the welfare of Babylon, you will find your welfare. God knows 
that in order to change a community for the better, the people have to be a part of the community from the inside. And they have to pour into the city and be part of the community. And you have to live here and you have to build the city yourselves, you as a partner with God. Because God reminds them that the welfare of the city is where they too will find their welfare. So in this season of transition, my friends, we've had a lot of transition in this place. And there will be more transition. No, there, nobody else is leaving after this. Everyone calm down. Don't email all of the pastors. But transition happens, right? And maybe it feels bigger because we're such a large community. It feels just compounded all of the time. But in this season of transition and in the midst of all of the things that are happening around us, both that which we have meticulously planned and that which has come to us as a surprise, we have to remember that the author of all of the stories has imagined for us a beautiful future. This community has a deep and long history of coming together to do good and to share good news of Jesus in this community. If you remember during a pandemic, it was this community who rallied. We didn't have to open our community services, right? We didn't have to open our pantry, but this community rallied. And so many of you, humans that I have never met before, came over and you made our parking lot this drive-through open pantry. You did that together, right? You unpacked so that something more could happen in the midst of a chaotic time. And so this community continues to do the same. As we unpack here, we're not calling La Sierra our Babylon, but the world that we live in needs more of us to come and unpack and stay, right? In the news, all over social media, it feels difficult to do that, right? It feels difficult and incredulous, I've heard over and over, that we focus more on that which is ungood than that which is good. And it's difficult to do the, the muscle and emotional work of sitting with that which is difficult. Last night with the youth at a Vespers, we talked about the heaviness of these elementary students who lost their lives. And the way that we like to talk about this story is we talk about it as Babylon, that negative, terrible city where bad things happen. So a friend who was 18, who was not well, did a very terrible thing. And those children did not deserve that. And I wonder if there's room in your heart as we do this work of unpacking, even in this place that is difficult to unpack in, that even the human who was 18 and did the damage is still God's child. Is still God's child. And so were the children. And so were the families who are deeply in pain. But unpacking in the place of Babylon means that we don't turn away when things get difficult or bad. Every time we do that, every time we diagnose that somebody did the worst thing ever, we create a ridge. We create space and us versus them. God didn't ask that from the people of Babylon. God said, you live in this world too. 
And the place of Babylon will only change as much as we who are living in here now unpack and do the good work alongside the Holy One. So my hope for you, La Sierra, thank you for giving me the many years, the gift of serving alongside with you. And you have this beautiful promise ahead of you. God has thoughts for you, plans for you, La Sierra. And it is your work to unpack here, to stay here and make this community grow. Bring your children here. Do ministry here. What did Pastor Icky call it? Get stuck here, right? Because God has work to be done at La Sierra. And I'm so excited to see where the Holy One will be taking this community in the next several years. While I am being asked to go unpack somewhere else and partner with God in a different way, this promise of God continues to be a promise here. This is a special verse for me. It's the one that I talked about during my ordination standing right here on this stage. And it feels like the most appropriate uh, text to leave you with as I depart in this place. And that is for you to continue the good work that has shaped this community, that has shaped me, that is allowing me to go out into the world and to also do the work of God. Continue to be the people who God has called and trust. Lean into the plans, the thoughts that God has for each and every one of us. And this is where we start to see the world change and transform. Unpack here, stay here, get stuck here. Amen.